0: Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Covington playing Levine, topside, three ball, bam, onions, baby onions, Zach Levine in the ball. Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories.
1: Levine to White, this time he gives it to Williams for three, the rookie. What a show! Host
0: Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 see him? score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Are you flat out kidding me? Matt Peck used to do a great job with the Bulls Outsider Show. Now he's doing Locked on Bulls. There he is. Human floor Oh, don't mess with the boots. But why's this crossover. Casper, to free league ghost. <laughs> well, oh my goodness. Right so, that is- so kick back. I'm not. Relax. am and get ready for the best hour of your day. Uh, you know, nah. you can just see the vibe. and these guys are mad. Locked on Bulls starts now. I love it. Pass to Levine with a right-handed jackhammer slam. Oh my goodness, that was filthy. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck.
2: I'm getting out the dancing shoes. What's up and welcome into Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Pack, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331 979 1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331 979 1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Matt, this is a weird time for us to be recording. We don't usually record on weekends, but it aligns perfectly because we are on Locker Room right now. So thanks to everybody that's hanging out with us on Locker Room right now. But um, should I even ask how you're doing? Should we just just start by playing whatever the hell that was in the last 60 seconds of the game and go from there? Uh,
1: What's up, Gordon? What's up, Bulls Nation? Uh, Shout out to uh, Andreas from Jersey, who said, Just checking in, Jordan, is Matt still alive? I'm worried he might have jumped into traffic or suffered a brain aneurysm after seeing that Denzel air ball, followed by fouling a guy at the rim. Best regards. Uh, I am, in fact, still alive. I did not jump into traffic, but, boy, I wanted to. Actually, scratch that. I wanted Denzel to go jump into traffic after that. My God, dude. Butler pulls up. Missed it badly there. Less than a minute to go. No. Oh, my goodness. Valentine. No. Whoa, no. 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 That is not the
0: shot no, at that moment. It's a
1: horrible shot. No. Wow. I mean, oh, my God, oh, no. Man, I mean, he's
3: by the hash. That's, that's Steph Curry range right there. Come on.
0: Not in a two-possession game when you've worked this hard to get back in it. You can get a better
3: shot. Oh, my goodness. That was just not a really smart play.
0: And this is the possession of the game. Miami scores here. It feels
1: like it's the knockout punch. The cut by Robinson. Valentine fouled him. Robinson scored it. Michigan beat Michigan State there. A little insult to injury. Now that's two tough plays for Denzel Valentine. Shot on one end, and then the foul on the other, one. Wow!
2: I don't. When I saw him take that shot, man, like I have no idea. I literally have no idea what he was thinking. Like, was that a, just a big fu? Was that it's my moment to shine? What was that? I mean, there is no logical explanation to take a heave from that far. I was looking at his shot chart from this year. I'm pretty sure that's the longest three he's taken all year. I mean, do you ha- can you explain to me at all what the logic would be behind that?
1: No. No. I mean, yes, in the sense that that is not at all surprising to see Denzel pull some Bush League shit like that which is why I have had it up to here with these people who last night came to his aid to say, well, yeah, but they wouldn't have been in the game if Denzel didn't hit the other shots. Somebody on Twitter said, like, you guys defend Zach for like saying, like, oh, he, he's bad in crunch time, but he we wouldn't be in these games if it weren't for his scoring. As if that is remotely comparable to Denzel Valentine. One of those dudes is an all-star, and it sure as shit ain't Denzel. It's, it's honestly just unbearable to watch i can't do it anymore i mean here's his quote after the game i had made three in a row before that it was a bad shot i just kind of got lost in the game it's because denzel thinks he's way more important than he is pulling up from that steph dame time range is ludicrous honestly i think donovan should bench him for that shit punish him show him that he is not that guy as one of my favorite, like, side rando characters from The Office TV show once said, Vikram said, confidence. It is the food of the wise man and the liquor of the fool. Denzel's confidence is the liquor of the fool. And I have had it up to here with that shit.
2: Yeah, it's not funny anymore. The joke's over. Like, it's, it's, it's not a Felicio thing. It's not a Cameron Payne thing. It's just, it. the joke's over. You take a shot like that, man. I get he was three for three before taking that shot in the fourth quarter, but you gotta realize you've got another all star in this team. Does he not does that not go through his head? You're down two possessions. Like the broadcast even said, you worked so hard to get back down right. twenty plus points. And it,
1: it was almost a full minute left. I think when he pulled up that shot, it was like fifty some seconds off. Fifty one on
2: seconds and a, left.
1: And a two possession game.
2: Somebody, okay. Somebody on locker room says Russell says, "Remember when R.J. Hunter was cut when Jimmy hit a game winner against Brooklyn because he celebrated when he was hurt." But Denzel is on the roster still. A lot of people in our locker room right now Matt, are saying, "I don't understand why Denzel wasn't cut for that." Like, okay, if if Donovan has punished other guys for stupid plays, for for boneheaded moves, and he's done it before this season, I mean. Denzel shouldn't play another another second there's a couple of other things I want to get into in this game and especially that fourth quarter that had me a little bit confused but man let me tell you really quick just to give you some context behind it some stats on Denzel Valentine in clutch time so his career Matt Denzel is seven for 25 from three in clutch time in his career shooting 28 percent from three he's shooting 15 for 41 in his career in clutch time Up or down down five points, less than five minutes left. 36.6%. He doesn't even have any validation as far as his stats go in his previous three seasons to say, yeah, you know what, We'll, we'll give it to you. You deserve to take that shot because you've been hot during this period. No! Seven for 25 from three. And that's the shot he took. Even if he was three for three in the quarter. I just don't understand it. I wonder what his teammates think. Like... I listened to briefly some of their post-game press conferences, and they're not going to say really what they feel, but I I wonder what his no, teammates they're, think.
1: They're not going to throw them under the bus because they're good teammates. And everybody knows that, you know, other than at certain points, stars calling out role players to say, hey, you know, that's something that happened with the three alpha season, right? When D-Wade and Jimmy Butler just like got on – I think it was Paul Zipser, right, who took a, a big shot late in the game and saying, like, you haven't earned the right to take that shot.
0: Paul Zipser, who were high on.
1: Thank you, Gar. Yeah, you could say the exact same thing about that point in time for Denzel last night. I mean, it, it honestly, it's his ego. He he thinks he's Steph Curry. He thinks he was going to hit that shot. And the thing that cracked me up the most is that as he is watching that basketball fly through the air. He even does that little like confidence cocky. I'm about to watch this shot splash in like hop after the jump shot. And it's like, it's like that slow-mo Carlton from Fresh Prince, right? Where he wrestles the ball away from Will Smith. Who's the team's star player and chucks up this half court one handed heave. And you see this shot of Carlton, like with his fists clenched in preparation to celebrate and then it misses by three feet, just like Denzel's shot did. And in the background, you can see his teammate Kobe White in the corner just head, shoulders slumped over, exasperated, looking like, I can't believe this Just this dude just took that shot. Unforgivable. And sometimes you get to watch Zach Levine. And sometimes you think, you know, I can take that shot too. No, you can't. No. No, no you can't. Well, you said it. <laughs> Thank you, Stacy. That's Steph Curry range right there. Come on.
2: That's what I thought. I was like, this dude thinks he's he's Steph. I'm like, what in the hell? Okay, for to, to, to take a shot like that, he knows he's not coming back the next year. It's like, okay, let me see if I can build up some of my uh, free agent value by hitting a late clutch shot to help bring a team back to win. He knows he's not coming back next year. It's just infuriating, man. I, I don't... That single hand... That loss right there probably could have cost the Bulls their season. I mean, this is... It's going to be awfully tough now. You you just lost a game that you could have squeezed out and won. I don't know. It's just a dumb shot. I don't know why he was even in the game, too. We could talk about that in a minute.
1: We can. But you know what? If Denzel finds himself in need of a new job this offseason, He'll find some luck with Indeed. Today's episode of Locked Up Bulls is brought to you by Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You can go ahead and cross off Denzel Valentine right now. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. With tools like Indeed Instant Match giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately, and Indeed skill tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skill tests. Then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for the applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you don't need Denzel Valentine. You need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply.
2: This episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Our friends at Built Bar have been amazing. Matt, I've continued to have one of these at least a day. Uh, It's a Monday through Friday routine now. And some of my favorites include the Caramel Brownie, part of their new flavors. Caramel Brownie and Cookies and Cream have been fantastic. The limited edition uh, birthday cake ones that they sent us. The birthday cake, wedding cake slash. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I hope they bring those back sometime this summer. Uh, Their 12 original flavors include coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, and a few others. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're great for the healthy conscious guy or girl in your life. Like I've been talking about, the peanut butter bar is my favorite. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar and 5 grams of net carbs. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code locked15, you'll get 15% off at builtbar.com anybody hanging out with us in locker room right now hang tight uh, for 10 or 15 minutes while we continue to do our episode for Monday Uh, so if you're in and out haven't caught the entire locker room uh, you can catch it on our podcast later tonight Uh, but we'll be taking questions at the end as well we're just going to do some mailbag here uh, towards the end of the episode but Matt first I think the most egregious part of the shot too is he compounded Denzel compounded his mistake by going down on the other Ended almost immediately, following right at the basket. It was just, it was two horrible, horrible mistakes that cost the Bulls a chance to even come back in this game. Late again,
1: yeah, and you know, so shocking from such a defensive specialist like Denzel Valentine.
2: (laughs) And he had, he had been playing some good defense. The broadcast even gave him a little bit of credit too. Had made a couple of stops, and it's just, it's these. I don't really, I don't even understand it. Type of plays, and it, it's season after season. He's made this. I think this has been the most egregious. But last night was finally like, I'm done. The joke's over. It's it's not funny anymore. He cost us a game that we legitimately could have could have won and beat a really damn good Heat team and stole one without Zach Levine and didn't even get the opportunity after they worked their ass off to get back in the game. Credit to Kobe White. He had a great game. Um, The last thing I wanted to ask you about this game before we go to mailbag. Did you question at all some of the rotation choices in that fourth quarter? Yes. What are you pointing out specifically besides Denzel?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, fourth quarter. I mean, Denzel out there because he can make shots and the Denzel defenders will come out of the woodwork saying, but he made those earlier shots. All right. Well, know your role. You don't, you don't deserve that heat check, especially from that range. Um, the the issues I had were also pretty much about the, the three-big lineup that we continue to see from Donovan, and we saw a lot of in the first half when the Bulls were digging this huge hole. and You know, like Duncan Robinson was shooting the lights out of the building. Uh, you know, Kendrick Nunn was also knocking down threes. He's not like a great three-point shooter. He's kind of streaky. But the fact that they were getting all these open looks around the perimeter because Miami – as they often do with this roster this season and similar to last season, play small. They play really, really small. And so I was like, I mean, maybe it's just because the best options that Donovan has, he's got a lot of bigs. He's got a lot of bigs that are good and playable. You got an all-star in Vooch. You got Tice, you know, after the trade deadline. You got Lowry. You got Thad. If he has to try to match small ball to small ball, like – do you play Denzel even more minutes than he did? Do you play Archie more minutes? I mean, like, you know, Devon Dotson? Like, who, who are you throwing out there? So, like, I was frustrated to see the Bulls getting crushed because they were throwing bigs out and Miami was picking them apart with a small ball lineup, but at the same time, I also can kind of put myself in Donovan's shoes to say, like, all right, well, like, where do I go? What do I, what, how, you know, what, what would be better?
2: Man, I was thinking about it, too, and I went back to kind of check myself on the stats a little bit, but over the last handful of games, I felt like Thaddeus Young hasn't been as good of a defender as he was in the first half of the season. I don't know if... He's toast,
1: man. his, His gas tank is on E.
2: Dude, but he was out in that game late. I don't understand that choice either. The Bulls, I think, were down nine with about three and a half minutes left. Thaddeus Young had just made a terrible choice on a shot that he had missed, came down on the other end, and... Instead of picking up Jimmy Butler, let Kobe White guard Jimmy Butler, he fouled him, went to the free throw line, and then they went back up double digits. Right there, Donovan should have taken Thaddeus Young out and put Lowry Markinen in. marketing marketing had hit three threes in that game already. Had it, had a pretty decent game coming off the bench and only played 18 minutes at that point. He didn't bring in he didn't bring in Markkinen. He left Thaddeus Young and Denzel Valentine, who over the last six games, Matt, have been two of the three worst defenders on this Bulls team. Thaddeus Young's defensive rating is 117 over the last six games. Denzel Valentine, 118.4. Lowry Markkanen's 104.1. So there was a lot of... A lot of analytics will back up the fact that maybe Markkanen should have went in instead of leaving Thad out there, but I I it was more glaring than ever. Outside of the worst game he's ever had a week ago, This was this was bad. He had a bad fourth quarter and he didn't help by picking up Jimmy. The whole point of that being out there is to pick up their best shooter late. If you're not even going to go to pick up Jimmy, then why are you out there?
1: Right. And I I think we saw Lowry on Jimmy a handful of times last night. And I'm like, what? Yikes. Like, no, Uh, don't give Miami opportunities of mismatches and not even make them work for it. Yeah, I, I mean, one, one of many examples of some some very interesting uh, curiosities that I had about last night's rotation.
2: And I know Tice didn't play at the end because the Bulls needed buckets, but at some point they needed stops too. And Tice hasn't been very good on the offensive end over the last six games either. Again, you need to pick it up somewhere, and without Thad's production of lates, and I can't really blame him, he's still a positive net rating, as crazy as it is over these last six games, as bad as it's been on the defensive end, Uh, but nobody else is picking up the slack. I do want to touch on some of their stats, though, considering Kobe White and Lowry Market and that we were just talking about both of those guys, I think you'd be surprised by their stats Over the last six games without Zach Levine, especially Kobe White. I'll give you a little hint. Both are net positive rating players on advanced metrics, which is good, which is really, really good to see. And they're three and three. So um, besides that, we got to take voicemails and we'll take a couple of questions too from Locker Room as well.
1: Let's do it. Uh, Before we get there, though, shout out to our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing coming up on the playoffs. College basketball's over, but hey, we got baseball now. Plenty to bet on. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on. So your first deposit when you sign up, say you throw in 100 bucks, they're going to give you 50 extra bucks to bet with. Betonline.ag promo code locked on when you sign up. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts.
2: The other thing we should mention, too, is it sucks not having Troy Brown Jr. for last night's game, too, because Oof, had we real. had him, uh, Denzel wouldn't even have been in the game. It would have been, it would have been, he. Yeah. So it was tough not having him. Uh, with that being said, let me tell you a little bit about Kobe and Lowry over the last six games while Zach has been absent. The Bulls have been really good, man. Like, 3 and 3 is good without Zach. I thought the Bulls were going to be way worse than that. Um, but I think the most surprising stat of it all is both Kobe and Lowry are a positive net rating. Kobe's at about an eight positive net rating. The defense has been there for both of those guys, even though with the Miami game, it came up a tick. Both guys are Kobe's at eight point nine net rating over these six games and Lowry marking at twelve point nine over these six games. So both have been doing really, really well. Kobe's true shooting percentages at 65% and Lowry Markkanen's at 59.2%. It's insane. Uh, you allow a little bit less pressure on Markkanen. He's only playing about 22 minutes a night and his usage percentage is down to 19%. I bet you that's probably his lowest of his career. Uh, Ooh. but he, it's a better role for him. So I'm wondering if the bulls are giving him, doing him a little bit of a favor too, is like, Hey, prop your stats up a little bit. Maybe see if taking a little bit of pressure off of you, uh, allows you to do what you're supposed to do and get back to who you're supposed to be. But Kobe doing the same thing, being allowed to run the offense and feeling comfortable and not forcing things has really helped the Bulls win the three wins uh, since Zach has been gone.
1: Yeah, I mean, you knew the production in Zach's absence would have to come from somewhere. And I think Lowry and Kobe were two very likely candidates um, because they went back to a role that they were more used to which was a a bigger role. You know, and Donovan spoke to that and and kind of defending his guys saying, you know, this trade definitely improved our roster and added talent, but in the immediate, you know, uh, days and games following, it it kind of messed with us because everybody was like, okay, what's my role? Kobe went to the bench. Lowry went to the bench. Kobe had gotten used to being a starter in his second season. Lowry been a starter his whole career. And, when you lose twenty-five to thirty points a game from your all-star scorer, you know it, it makes sense that uh, that Lowry and Kobe are the ones to to take that bigger role because they, theoretically, at one point in the not-too-distant past, were guys that were supposed to be part of the you know quote-unquote core, the guys that you were building with and building around, and it looks like where we sit today, that's not the case. We still don't know what will happen with Kobe, but it looks almost assuredly like Lowry's gone this offseason. Um In the meantime, it's nice to see decent performances to help the Bulls along in Zach's absence. And you know, i'm I'm happy for Kobe in particular, a thirty point game, like he he reminded us that 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 he's capable of having nights like that. And he did it a lot towards the end of his rookie season when the Bulls were a hot mess, and they were just like, Kobe, go score. He he has that, that ability. But it's not like we didn't already know that. With Zach out, he was just given the opportunity to be that high of a usage percentage player again. And again, happy for him for doing it. When Zach comes back, where do we go? What happens to Kobe?
2: right that's the real question is what happens when Zach comes back how does it look again but I think Kobe's come out on the other side of the huge slump and some of the inconsistencies he's had and some of the struggles he's had in his second year uh, we talked about last week Mo Cheeks and his impact on him and how he's continued to help him with his development all season long but it is cool to see I mean he's shooting 48.1% 40.5% from three 96% from the free throw line uh, like that 65% true shooting percentage and shooting 40% from three is no joke man and still playing starter minutes over those six games That's great that is great for Kobe he's averaging 19 and half points too so you like to see that and the turnovers are way down for Kobe only averaging 2.2 turnovers in 6 games all of that to me makes me believe just have some patience with Kobe like people still need to just have some patience with Kobe he's still developing as a player and we're seeing it went through some struggles now I think he's coming out the other side as far as for Lowry it's good to see him producing a little bit at a higher level off the bench and it's crazy when you take some pressure off guys, I think that they can turn things around. And I think that's for Lowry's case as well. Um, let's get to a voicemail, Matt, before we wrap up and take a couple of texts and some questions from the people hanging out with us on Locker Room. Actually, before we get to that voicemail, Matt, let me ask you this from Locker Room real fast. This is from Tommy. He says, are you guys expecting a big jump for Patrick Williams, P. Willie, as Stacy calls him, in the, in the offseason? season?" Um, as far as big jump, I hope physically like he just gets bigger and stronger because I think then you can really start talking about him guarding confidently three, four and five, which is gonna make the Bulls defense a whole hell of a lot better. So if anything, stay healthy and get bigger physically.
1: Yeah, I think we also already know from what has been said about him by his coaches, uh both collegiately and in the NBA and teammates. In addition to what he says himself, the kid is a crazy workhorse. Uh, some some NBA players, you know, sort of develop that label of this guy works harder than the average NBA player. This guy works way harder than the average NBA player. Former Bull, who we just saw last night, Jimmy Butler, chief among them, I believe. But. When you hear all of his veteran teammates talking about P-Will in training camp, saying, like, this kid is a sponge of basketball information, Um, he's always asking questions, he's always trying to learn, and he's always in the gym. I I believe all of those things to be true about P-Will. And if you have a normal offseason, as opposed to this last offseason where the Bulls were like, we don't know what's happening, we're not going to the bubble, when is the new season starting – There's a lot of chaos. We still have all these healthy safety protocols in place. If he, knock on wood, finishes this season healthy and has an entire healthy offseason to just work on his game in the gym, working on getting up shots on different areas of the floor and work on his range on the defensive end, I think it's very possible to see a significant jump from P-Dub in his second season. It's all about whether or not he will be given the opportunity and seize the opportunity to have a bigger piece of the pie, especially on that offensive end. The ball, The paw, baby! Missed it, missed it, missed it, missed it. I got 15 guys to develop.
2: I'm with you, man. I think, let me ask you this really quick, too, because we're on talking about Patrick Williams. What do you think helps the Bulls more short-term if he comes back and is more consistent on the offensive end, maybe can be that third guy? Because he's going to be an everyday starter again next season. So do you think that impacts him more, or if he be, takes another step on the defensive end, what impacts the Bulls more short-term for next year?
1: Oh, man. Um, I mean, I might lean towards saying if he can become like a borderline elite guard one through four kind of defensive stopper in just his second season that that might have a greater impact than him you know maybe tacking on one or two extra shots per game bumping up his points a little bit um, because the Bulls I think more desperately need the help on the defensive end.
2: I'm with you. I, I think for right now, as long as you've got Booch and you've got Zach, yeah, the offense can take a little bit of a backseat. And doesn't mean he can't focus on it, but I think you yeah, had to help the Bulls right now, right away over the next year or two, uh, improving on his defense in any way he can and just getting physically bigger and stronger so he can guard one through five confidently and uh, avoid injury. I think that helps the most, but it is good to see that at least early on in the season, he was confidently hitting a three at a decent clip. So hopefully maybe he can build off of that uh, over the next couple of seasons, too. It'd be nice to have another three point threat besides just Vooch and Zach. Um, Let's go to one voicemail, Matt, before we take some questions from uh, the people on Locker Room. Uh, let's take a listen. It's based off of our conversation from Friday, uh, where we were talking about multiple people on the Lockdown Podcast Network talking about the Bulls in a couple of different capacities. So let's take a listen to one of our listeners who was reacting to that.
3: What's up, guys? Uh, longtime listener. Um, my name is O, actually a Chicagoan myself. Coming off of, uh, I think, the podcast from about Friday, I think it is. Just wanted to react to a few of the things that you guys have said. Um, for one, I, I get, I'll get i admit that as a Russell Westbrook fan, I have a bit of a bias against Billy Donovan. Wasn't super high on my higher when it was announced, and I've kind of disliked him since his OKC day. I will give him some credit for kind of energizing the franchise a bit. Uh, when you go from Jim Boylan to a guy like Billy Donovan, that's an upgrade just in that. Um, I don't think it's too far-fetched that he's a bottom-six coach, though. Um, especially the, the comments on a kind of a light Terry Scott. I wouldn't even strongly disagree with those statements either. I mean, Terry Stotts is a guy who also coached his way to the Western Conference. He's kind of been incompetent lately, but at the end of the day, I think they're they're fair enough comps to each other. And then also kind of the, the stuff you guys were saying about Levine and Busevich. Um, you know, granted, those guys are all-stars. I get the point that you guys were making about defending their their all-star tier level. But at the end of the day, they're all-stars. They're not perennial all-stars. They're all-stars. Like, they kind of fringe all-stars that, that got into it at the end of the day. Like, I feel like they're not necessarily these huge needle movers that will win you playoff series, and championships, and we're not at that point. But like, I think it's fair for national media to discuss us. Like, we're still a mediocre team. We don't have perennial all stars. We don't have all NBA guys. Uh, and you know, we're a good team that kind of still needs to figure things out and get an identity and add through free agency. But I just wanted to get some reactions to that. Uh, see what you guys have to say. I love Zach and Booth, but at the end of the day, they're not perennial stars by any means. I
2: thought that was a good call, Matt. Uh, A lot of really good points in there. And not necessarily I agree with everything that he said, but uh, I thought it was a strong call, good call. And the one thing that I think that stood out to me the most was him still saying that Billy Donovan's a bottom six coach. I still don't necessarily agree with that. How many coaches have been fired midseason? Didn't we have just two alone fired midseason? I don't think Billy Donovan's a bottom six coach, but maybe... Maybe this season, I guess you could you, you could say yes, maybe. I don't know. I just didn't agree because there wasn't a whole lot of examples to back it up with proof for this specific season. Maybe in past Billy Donovan seasons with OKC, but not specifically of what he's done with the Bulls that warrants him a bottom six tier.
1: Yeah, um, I'm, I agree with you. Great call. Uh, he, he made some very good counterpoints to what we were chatting about the other day. Um, about both Donovan and the Zach Vooch pairing. Uh, to touch on Donovan quickly, I would say th- our, our caller did at least um, come forward with his bias of he's a big Russell Westbrook fan. And for that reason, he felt like maybe Billy Donovan was not a great coach and, and didn't get enough out of them when he was you know, leading those OKC teams. But I, I mean, to me, Look, there's probably fault that lies with both individuals, Billy Donovan and his star player, Russell Westbrook. But if you can't win with Kevin Durant and Westbrook, can you win with just Westbrook? If you can't win with Russell Westbrook and Paul George, can you win with just Westbrook? I mean, Westbrook is a player who is wildly talented, already out of his prime, in my opinion, and has time and again shown that in big moments, he doesn't come through. Not never. Russ has made some incredibly clutch shots and plays in his NBA career. But he also takes some shots like the one we saw Denzel take last night. <laughs> so it's true. I you know, I, I I give him credit for that counterpoint on Donovan, but I also say it's a good thing that he highlighted his his bias for, for Russell Westbrook and maybe that being a reason why he's not a huge Donovan fan for right now. I would say one season in with inheriting a new roster, not a very talented roster, and then overhauling that roster mid season. It's not fair to judge Donovan like definitively. Yes. Good coach Nay, bad coach right now. Let's see what he does next season. That's what I'm looking for. As for the Zach and Vooch stuff, he made fair points. I mean, Zach is a first time all-star Vooch is a two-time All-Star, so maybe you don't call him a perennial All-Star, but he's made multiple All-Star appearances. But our caller was right to say, look, uh, neither of these guys are All-Star starters, which again means, you, know, you and I were talking about this on Friday, we, we aren't saying that Zach and or Vooch are top 10 players in the league. We know they're not. But last season, we had no All-Stars. Now we have two. That matters, and it's better. I don't think you think, Jordan, that Zach Levine is going to end up being the best player on a Bulls team that wins a championship or any team that wins a championship. I don't think so. AK and Eversley still have work to do. But having two All-Stars is still a hell of a lot better than having none.
2: That's where I'm at. I think my main point to that was like, I get that they have to instantly react and say, okay, what's this going to be like? Two to three years down the road, does this impact it nationally? Does it impact the Eastern Conference at all, even over the next two or three seasons? My point being is like, how many games have the two played together? Like, can we just chill for a minute and let the guys let those two play thirty games together before we decide at all that these two can't do anything together? I mean, the one thing I will say is everybody's doubted Zach in his career, his entire time with the Bulls. He's been doubted and proven people wrong year after year after year, so... I'm excited to see him prove people wrong again. The people that have doubts that him and Vooch can't win anything. I'm excited. At least we're going to get one full year to see that happen and see what that experience is like. I hope they go out and prove people wrong next year. That's why I kept saying as soon as they made the trade, I'm looking more forward to next year and what that's going to look like. And the two guys to actually have a full off season to to figure things out as well. This is a weird season and trade midway through it, especially in a COVID year is is just bizarre it's difficult already and then having to shift teams changing a third of your roster it's all very difficult and i think it even stems back to what we were saying about billy donovan Uh, a lot of that is factors they have to consider too so i think my main point was just like can we just chill can we just let them play 30 35 games together before we make any big bold statements about what those two can and can't do is that not fair to ask
1: uh yeah it is fair but you have to remind yourself, Jordan, you just asked Bulls fans to chill. <laughs> that is not a thing Bulls fans do. Never has been, never will be.
2: Well, I don't blame them when you get shots like this.
1: Less than a minute to go. No. Oh, my goodness. Valentine. No. Whoa, oh, no. 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 That is not the shot no, at that moment. No, a horrible shot.
2: Like that. That and Felicio forgetting that there was play in action and he forgot to be on the floor against the Wizards a couple of years ago. Like, if anybody wants to know why Bulls fans are snarky and have a pessimistic attitude, just play them those two clips. And I think other fan bases should fully understand. Um, Yeah, (laughs) indeed. With that, I think that's going to about do it, Matt. We've gone pretty long. I didn't think we were going to go as long as we did. Uh, recapping the Heat game, but uh, later this week we'll have more mailbag and we'll have another locker room. So thanks to everybody who's hung out with us on Locker Room. Hit us up at our text and voicemail line 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. Check out us on YouTube. Uh, go subscribe to our channel. If you're one of the first 500, you'll be entered into a drawing to win a Zach Levine jersey. So we're giving one away as soon as we hit 500 subscribers. Go to YouTube. You can watch our full episodes there. Again, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley. Bulls Nation, have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces.
0: Locked On Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com.
1: Thanks a lot.